Live from WNUR News, I'm John Canessera. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Friday, May 6, 2022. Tonight on WNUR News, making up for lost proms, A&O ball, and a look into post-concert depression. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. The class of 2020 missed out on proms, graduations, and senior traditions because of the pandemic. Here's Katherine Odom, who talked to Northwestern second years about hosting events to help make up for what the class missed out on two years after the pandemic. One of the most iconic moments in the American high school experience, and one of the many traditions the class of 2020 missed during their senior year. It was a tragic loss of promposals, slow dances, and getting breathalyzed by your gym teacher. But a group of Northwestern students is on a mission to make up for that. I feel like I missed out on so many experiences. So, you know, this year I kind of felt like I want to take my experience into my own hands. So that's kind of why, like, I've been really sticking to this because I, like, really want to see a lot of stuff happen for our class, especially after we, I feel like we missed so much. That's Weinberg sophomore Jonah Michael. He's involved in planning Second Year Spirit Week, which is the week leading up to and including Second Year Prom. The festivities will begin on Monday, May 9th, and the prom will be held on Saturday, May 14th. This week will feature events, themes, and activities for second year students at Northwestern. Members of the class of 2024, transfers in the class of 2023, and gap year students graduating in 2025 are all invited to participate. McCormick sophomore Emma Jackson is on the Spirit Week Planning Committee. I just thought it would be really cool to help um, design a smooth experience. I feel like a generally creative person, and I love seeing other people happy, so I thought that I could give some really great input into making second year week a really fun experience for everybody. Each day of Spirit Week has a different theme and different activities. Starting on Monday, uh, May 9th, it is, uh, the day is called Lazy Monday. So we encourage people to wear their pajamas to class. Tuesday is Spirit Day, kind of just wear your spirit gear. Wednesday is way back Wednesday. Thursday is Olympic Day. Friday, I think it's going to be like beach or tropical day. And then uh, Saturday is our last day, which is prom. Um, our theme that we voted on is going to be the Great Gatsby. And you can find tickets for that on, on Canvas. Some of the Spirit Week events will include movie nights, painting the rock, food trucks, and more. More information about each day's events is available on the Wildcat Welcome Back 2021 Canvas page. Jackson said the student response has been positive, especially to the prom. I think um, a lot of students know about the prom, and so I'm really excited to see um, how that all comes together. Our capacity for the event is about 900 people. I think closer. Yeah. And so we sold about 680 tickets so far, mm -hmm. which is like going to be an amazing turnout. Michael said it doesn't seem like students know as much about Spirit Week, though. And we'd love to see um, like a lot, a lot of people showing up to these Spirit Week events, especially because we're going give to give out a lot of free stuff. 
Michael said he is most excited for Wayback Wednesday during Spirit Week. Each different like area of campus is going to have a different theme that you can dress up as. So like uh, North area is the 2000s. Um, Northeast area is the 90s. South area is the 80s. And Southwest area is the 70s. And then we're going to have another movie night where we see Back to the Future. That's honestly what I'm most excited for. Jackson said she's looking forward to Olympics Day on Thursday. How it'll work is all of the different dorms, we've organized some teams. Um, so all the different dorms will compete against each other in these events. The sports events are going to be tug of war. We'll have a knockout basketball game, a sack race, and a relay race. The winners of these competitions will receive a voucher to the table, a late-night food startup at Northwestern. Both Jackson and Michael say they hope Spirit Week and Prom are memorable experiences for second years at Northwestern, especially after everything they missed out on in 2020. I'm hoping that in addition to it being kind of a wrap-up of high school, a way to get closure from that, um, I'm also hoping that it is going to be something students remember as a key part of their Northwestern experience, that we even got a prom. For WNUR News, I'm Catherine Thanks for tuning in to the WNUR News. It's 6.07 p.m. Central Time. Last night, A&O Productions hosted its annual ball at Metro Chicago. Campus editor Maria Hermena Aragon and executive producer Sarah Cadora bring us along for the ride. On Thursday night, Northwestern students took over Metro Chicago for A&O Productions' annual ball, the first one in person since 2019. This year's concert featured rapper Flo Millie and indie artist dreamer Isioma. My name is Ubatham and I'm a third year. Oh my god, good to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you feeling? Very excited. Yeah. I've been trying to see her for a couple of years now, and the fact that I'm doing it and I didn't pay, woo! <laughs> WNUR News was able to secure press passes for myself and our executive producer, Sarah Cadora, as we take you through the night's events. With doors opening at 6.30 p.m., student DJ Vitamin K took to the stage and helped set the tone for the night as fans arrived. I love K. I love Vitamin K. Um, she's awesome and she's an even better DJ. It's fantastic. Hello, everyone. My name is Marie Aragon, reporting live from Metro Chicago, straight from the pit because we got press passes here today. How are you feeling, Sarah? How are you feeling? I'm feeling official. I have this blue sticker on my leg and I feel like I can do anything. I feel very fancy because people keep asking me questions. They're like, oh my God, Maria, can you come here? And I'm like, oh, I don't even work here, but that's fine. They're also like, where's the bathroom? Yeah, but. yeah, that's also a uh, downside, but there's a lot of pros. While Sarah and I waited between the crowd and the stage, we talked to some students who managed to secure spots at the very front. Nice to see you. Are you excited for Flo Millie? We are. We very much are. What's your favorite song? My favorite song is Weep. <laughs> I like I like all our songs. I'm excited for Roaring Twenties. Oh my god. And so, how long have you guys been waiting here? Remember last time was a long time. We got here at like 2:30. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're we're serious about this. We're dedicated. We started raising cash. We're dedicated. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. Uh, what is the energy like? 
It's honestly so good. There hasn't been much pushing so far, so I really appreciate that. I love Flamily. She deserves to be one of the top female rappers right now, and I mean it. Anyways, this song's hard. It's called hard. A Chicago-based singer-songwriter, Dreamer, literally set the stage with a green carpet and roses in hand as they performed songs off their album, Goodnight Dreamer. What's your name? Olivia. And when you found out that they were going to be the opener, what did you do? I almost cried. I almost cried. I freaked out. I screamed. And I asked when the tickets were on sale. And what have you thought so far? Amazing. This is my second time I've seen them. And this is maybe even better because now I'm closer. Amazing. And you're right in the front. What? You're right in the front. I know. What did you think of the Dreamer performance? Beautiful. Yeah. Dreamer is a dream. I love them. Love them. Were you a fan? Up next in the party, headliner Flo Millie stepped onto the stage in a red leather outfit. The energy of the crowd only became more intense when Flo Millie decided to bring back some childhood memories. But while the rest of the crowd was enjoying the show, a surprise was underway for a few lucky students. What just happened? Janae, she's the co-chair of ANO. Just put an X on our hand. And what does that mean? I think it means something about Flo Millie. After, after the second song, y'all go to the lobby and they're gonna meet y'all. About 15 students made their way onto the stage to dance and enjoy the show as Flo Millie performed PBC, an acronym for Pretty Black Cute. So what just happened? I don't think my life can get better beyond this point. We were less than a foot away from an icon, a legend of our generation. Miracle master herself. She, I'm in shock. I'm, I'm in, in shock. shock. I don't actually think I have the words I to describe the way the I Taking over Metro Chicago for the night, Flo Millie fans sang their hearts out. And while students piled onto buses back to Evanston, these reporters ended the night with a delicious mango yogurt worth mentioning. Signing off on behalf of Sarah Cadora, this is Maria Jimena Aragon, WNUR News. With the A&O, Flo Millie Show, Omar Apollo Concert, and many more live shows that happened this past week, the Northwestern student body had plentiful opportunities to get involved in Chicago's live music scene. But the unfortunate consequence of seeing these live performances is a phenomenon known as post-concert depression. Pari Pradhan takes a look. Chances are, if you're a Northwestern student who is active on literally any social media platforms, 
Last night, all your feeds were flooded by concert footage. There was the Flo Millie A&O show, an Omar Apollo concert, a Saba concert. All in all, it was a big night for the music scene in Chicago. Of course, nothing beats the experience of being in the pit at the Riviera or Aragon, the thumping bass reverberating through your chest, the sweaty press of all the bodies around you as you sway, jump, and dance to your favorite songs. But what comes after those two to three hours of bliss? Lianne Krenziap, a psychometrician at Ateneo de Davao University in the Philippines, defines post-concert depression as, quote, the sudden, overwhelming, and rapid downward crash characterized by a feeling of recurring emptiness, disappointment, longing, and heartache after a very long-awaited, fulfilling high moment. It's the crash back down to earth after the three-hour high you experience at a concert. If you've ever found yourself unable to move on from a performance, constantly reminiscing and flipping through the photos you took, chances are you've experienced this phenomenon. I personally got back home from the Omar Apollo concert at the Riviera last night and proceeded to spend two hours lying on the floor in the middle of my dorm room in my brand new merch, going through my videos to try and relive the fun I was having just a few hours prior. Generally, people experience a sensation of euphoria during and immediately after the concert, followed by an extended period of sadness or anxiety, sometimes lasting weeks. Yap conducted a study analyzing BTS fans' experiences with post-concert depression and found that 90% of concertgoers experienced extreme elation immediately following the show. However, two weeks after the concert, 58.5% said they felt separation anxiety from the artist, 49% had difficulty concentrating, 37% lacked energy, and 44% felt generally sadder than usual. So while post-concert depression is not considered an official medical disorder as per the DSM-5, which is a primary resource used for psychological diagnoses worldwide, and cannot be compared to experiences of actual depression or other mental disorders, it is a clear cultural and social phenomenon and a shared experience for music lovers of all sorts. I talked to other students about their experiences with post-concert depression. Weinberg sophomore MJ attended the Omar Apollo concert last night and shared his thoughts from the morning after. He said, quote, It's the morning after the Omar Apollo concert and I woke up with the sensation of fulfillment and happiness, but also sadness at the same time, because I'm not going to be living the experience of being in front of Omar again for a long time. Beanin and Weinberg sophomore Joy Cho also shared her experience after attending a Blackpink concert in Japan in 2020. The day before the concert, I was broken up with uh, my boyfriend at the time of two years. So I was having the most horrible day of my life, but I was so excited about the concert that I kind of just forgot about it and got ready for the concert. And I remember so vividly that the moment when Blackpink stepped on stage, I was crying so hard, so aggressively, and just could not believe that we were breathing the same air. And I had like the world's most magical day and um, when the concert ended, all I could think about was, oh my gosh, they're real people and I'll never get to experience that again because afterwards COVID had hit and that made the entire post-concert depression experience so much more difficult and all I could think about was how beautiful they were in person and how impactful their music was to me at the time and that live experience was something 
that I cherish so much till this day. And honestly, I feel like I never got out of the post-concert depression. And the only way to really alleviate that for me was watching so many videos of like their interviews or performances, like everything I could to just get a glimpse of that same feeling I got at the concert. While post-concert depression can be difficult to deal with, the best way to move forward is to keep enjoying the music you love and going out to see more live shows. In my opinion, one of the biggest perks of living so close to Chicago is the opportunity to engage in its bustling live music scene. Whether it's big name stars like Olivia Rodrigo or Harry Styles, or smaller local bands, there are plenty of chances for you to get out there and dance your heart out to your favorite artists. For WNUR News, this was Pari Pradhan. Next up, Margot Amuel with our weekly ASG Roundup. On April 16th, Weinberg Jr., Jason Hegelmeyer, and Suspi sophomore Donovan Cusick won the Associated Student Government presidential election with over 70% of the vote. Jason and Donovan ran against Weinberg Jr., David Groh, and Weinberg sophomore Camilla Vincennes. I recently had the opportunity to speak with Camilla, who ran for vice president, and hear her thoughts about three weeks after the election ended. David, her presidential running mate, did not respond for comment. From WNUR News, this is State of the End Union, a weekly segment about all things ASG. About two weeks ago, WNUR aired an interview with Jason and Donovan. Please go to WNUR.news to hear that segment and their thoughts. Camilla initially joined David's campaign slate for fun and a desire to help Northwestern students. David and Camilla's campaign centered around bettering campus safety, safe ride technology, university counseling service, and internet accessibility. However, once on the trail, Camilla quickly discovered that the reality of the ASG presidential election differed dramatically from what she anticipated it would be like. The amount of hatred I got for running for a student office was really unexpected. A lot of like doubting my Latina identity, which obviously is completely unacceptable. Camilla specifically says she endured harassment online. At first, she was only aware of the yik yaks posted about her. I'll be honest, what hurt me the most was the yik yaks because they're anonymous and, and there was so much discussion. I mean, we're talking everything from she's not Latina because she's not in Alianza to, oh, Camilla is good in bed. Like, like sexualizing me on yik yak, like absolutely disgusting comments. And that was even worse because there was a lot of them. But after the ASG presidential debate on April 12th, the Northwestern Office of Equity reached out to her with reports of identity-based cyberbullying directed towards her. There's really two main tweets that were pretty bad. One that quoted me saying as a Latinx individual in the debate and then said, dash, I'm the most Aryan-looking person ever. And then a tweet that followed up to that said, quote, I'm Venezuelan because I said that in the debate. And then... Um, and we need more representation with a bunch of laughing emojis, basically insinuating that I wasn't Venezuelan and that I was just playing that card. I actually got reached out to by the Office of Equity about those tweets, having no idea that they were posted. 
And I was definitely disappointed. Yeah, like, it was really, it was really tough. Like, I joined this campaign for fun because I care about the students. And then this is what I was met with. Any part of my identity was just picked apart for everyone. That's fine. And I understand, like, I decided to do a very public campaign. But I guess it's just disappointing. After learning about this news, David and Camilla sent the ASG Election Commission screenshots of the social media posts. Camilla also posted about the harassment on her social media. The Election Commission, at first, did not find any violations of election guidelines after reviewing the materials submitted by David and Camilla. Instead, they decided to issue both campaigns a strike for lack of mutual respect. I was disappointed with the strike we got for mutual disrespect, which felt so incredibly ironic to me. Because I was, you know, I posted some Instagram stories about the hate that I was receiving because I wanted people to know, like, I was so astounded by the reactions I got for my running for, I mean, it's student government. It's not a presidential election. I didn't expect to get dragged on Twitter. And I was clear, very clear, that it was not Jason and Jonathan. And when I said it was friends of Jason's, it's because he was on those same Twitter threads and he was responding and retweeting and liking tweets. But I was clear that it was not the other campaign and that I was just trying to end this sort of like toxicity towards candidates in ASG. But later, Camilla and David appealed the strike to the Associated Student Government Rules Committee. They decided to reverse the decision. Glad they reversed that decision and saw that we did not disrespect the other campaign in any way, shape or form. And this reversion enabled Camilla and David to stay on the ballot since they also had two other strikes. According to ASG policy, a campaign with three strikes must be disqualified from the election. One of the two strikes was triggered by campaigning during the pre-campaigning period. This resulted in a 12-hour suspension of David and Camilla's campaign. The other strike was for defamation due to the public post Camilla shared on her Instagram account about the harassment. In any case, I'm glad that they overturned that last decision and let us get on the ballot, even though we didn't win. Camilla said her family and friends helped her immensely during the election. They were incredible, like super supportive. I couldn't have asked for better friends in this time. With family, so my mom, she was really, really kind and tried to help me as much as she could. She was like, do you want me to send you a copy of your passport? Like, how can I help? Like, you need to let people know you're actually Latina. And I was like, no, mom, it's okay. Like, you know, I don't need to justify myself to anybody. If they truly believe that, I'm not going to change their mind. Moving forward, Camilla says ASG is not an outlet she wants to seek out again. Instead, Camilla is seeking out alternative options on how to spark change, such as working part-time at Washington Elementary School in Evanston as a bilingual teacher and academic skills center tutor. She also hopes to get more involved in the reform CAPS movement to better address student mental health needs. Overall, Camilla said, though, her life has pretty much gone back to normal. Nothing has really changed in my day-to-day life, but I have made a bunch of new, wonderful connections. I had so many Northwestern students who I had never connected with reached out to me. But, you know, you're used to opening your phone on Yik Yak or Twitter and, like, seeing tweets about everybody but yourself. And then I opened it, and it was all me. It's funny because as soon as the election ended, the moment, not a single more comment, not a single more tweet, nothing. Suddenly, nobody cared if I was Latina or not. Suddenly, nobody cared if I was in Greek life or not. I really think that, like, everything was a symptom of the election. And so my life went back to normal as soon as it ended. Which, again, I think is a reflection of, like, you know, people only doubt you or choose to care about you if you run for something. Ultimately, according to Camilla, above all else, 
She wants listeners to know some key details about her. I guess that, first of all, I am indeed Latina. But, but most of all, that, like, you know, I, I just genuinely care about the students and really about getting Northwestern involved with the Evanston community more. That was one of the things I wanted to do within ASG. And I know it wasn't one of our platform issues, but because I know a lot of students care about it. And so I guess, like, what I would want people to know is, like, I'm passionate about Northwestern and, and what students believe and want to see done. And I'm, I'm just passionate about changing the way ASG is done. And I guess I, I want people to see how I was treated because we need to know what type of culture is going on around our student government. Reporting for WNUR News, this is Margo Emuel. You are currently listening to News at 6, State of the End Union segment. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our brand new website, WNUR.news. Our producer today is Sarah Cadora, and our reporters are Margot Emuel, Catherine Odom, Pari Pradam, and Maria Jimena Aragon. From all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Jonathan Asura. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here Monday, same time, same place. Now, back to scheduled programming.